Hi, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising as One podcast. Before we begin, I'd love to thank several sponsors. I'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network first. You can find all their stuff at bgn.fm. They're responsible for getting many great USL podcasts out, so please give them a look. Also go to firebirdsoccer.net. This is the new website for our former Firebird Rising coverage, so you can find all sorts of great coverage for Phoenix Rising FC and other soccer-related news in the state of Arizona, all at firebirdsoccer.net. And lastly, we would like to thank Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is a uh, sponsor for, you know, MLS teams, USL teams, all sorts of other stuff. So go to Roughneck Scarves and find a scarf today. And now let's get on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Rising as One podcast. This is Dominic back with Aaron Blau and Kyle Mackey again. Guys, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, it's it's been a nice little break, but, you know, I'm happy to be back with you guys and recording today. We got a lot to cover, so uh, that's always good. Absolutely. It's the uh, we're, we're in the 12 days of uh, rising Christmas, apparently, and uh, looking forward to a couple more gifts over the next couple days, but looking forward to also discussing uh, what we already have put in place. This is true. A lot of gifts around the Hanukkah season, uh, so that was kind of nice to see. We will get into that. Before we do, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Arizona Soccer Complex, located by the 17 and 101 freeways. They have leagues for all age groups. They have indoor fields. They even have an outdoor field, which is looking pretty nice this time of year. Weather's been really nice for outdoor play. And go up there, let them know that the Rising is One podcast sent you, and you can get a discount on annual membership. So with that being said, we have a lot to get to because we've had almost a month now uh, from the end of the season to recording. And we have a lot of player shuffling. The way we're going to break this up is outgoing players, returning players, and then new additions. Um, so why don't you take us through the outgoing? Players. Yes. We really only have two major ones to speak of. Yeah, so we have uh, two outgoing players that are confirmed to be leaving the team. Um, and one isn't really leaving the, the team necessarily. Uh, he just isn't is, isn't able to return because he was here with us on loan. But the first and most important piece of the pie, uh, the person who is going to be leaving and probably the most sorely missed individual, is actually one of our most seasoned professionals, and that's Chris Cortez. Chris Cortez uh, has been with us for multiple seasons, had a record-setting season last uh, last time around, is going to be spoken of in Phoenix Rising lore for years to come, uh, and he is making his way off rumored, not totally confirmed, not or not totally public anyway. Um, it was uh, leaked in a post by a Hispanic media uh, outlet that he is going to be off to Thailand and playing in Thailand for in Thailand League One season. So I've said it a couple times on fa- on uh, Twitter and nobody's corrected me yet. Um, I think that that's probably 
where he's going to be off to. So that's going to be really interesting to see how that runs for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, we all knew that Chris Cortez, the odds of him having a season like he did last season were pretty slim. You know, he's he's one of those players that he's he's in his early 30s. And I think him going to Thailand right now is a great opportunity for him. Like we talked about, he's probably got an opportunity to make a great amount of money, probably more than he would have made in the USL. And just to be able to go apply his trade internationally, I think that's what most players here in the U.S. have always dreamed of. So, you know, great for him to be able to re- realize that dream. And I, I wish him the best of luck. And he's had such incredible success for us for, you know, several years. Last year being the greatest season, not just by him, but by any striker in franchise history. Um, so while his value's high, it seems like he has an offer from Thailand. And uh, it is, if that's the case, that's a life-changing opportunity. I think Sam Dor alluded to a life-changing opportunity on Twitter. Uh, nothing confirmed, so don't come at us if that turns out not to be the case, but that's what it looks like with Chris Cortez. Um, and then the other guy, uh, we had a big free freighter movement last season. Um, unfortunately, it appears that he has been uh, freed from Phoenix Rising. Now he's a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this one, I mean, it's it's he was really a fan favorite, you know? I mean, the fans, he really connected with, with the supporters groups and just the fans all around. So it's, it's disappointing to see Freighter leave because I don't think we got to see his best last season. We didn't get to see him feature a lot, and when he did... Um, you know, they weren't always the best performances, but he did show glimpses of great talent. So I know, yeah, he was on loan from, I believe, a team back home in Jamaica. So, I mean, if he's going back home to Jamaica, that's great for him. Hopefully he gets to play there. or Maybe we see him on another side in the USL championship this upcoming season. But, um, I mean, it, it is a bummer to, to lose a player like Freighter's skill set, but I think that the Phoenix Rising staff is has done great to go find players that will be able to replace him in our starting 11. Yeah, as Freighter has been on contract with the Jamaican side Harborview uh, since 2013, and then in 16, 17, and 18, he spent his time with three different USL teams. So you see, you know, he's he was pliable. He was able to work into different systems. I was very, very surprised uh, to see that he would not be returning or uh, returning the team, I thought that with Cortez leaving, and from the second that the the season ended, I thought that Cortez was leaving. Um, Based on age, based on a couple different factors, um, I think that he had accomplished his goals here. So I thought, boy, if Cortez is leaving, Freighter's going to be able to step in, and that's going to be a really, really great match. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. Instead, we're going to be uh, we're going to be seeing uh, Adam John, and we're going to talk about him in a few minutes. But I think that Freighter would have been just an amazing player to stay here. So I we are we, I am personally going to miss Kevon Freighter for sure. No, I, I I'm definitely I'm there, Aaron, and I think I think he was a great presence in the locker room. I think he was a really good, big personality, and I think he got on well with a lot of his teammates. So I think he'll definitely be missed, but um, 
I mean, like I said, I think that this Phoenix Rising Club, our, you know, our business has been top class these past two seasons, and I think that this season they're showing that again. I will say, if you're going to miss him, he's a great Instagram follow. Uh, he has a great Instagram. He shows him having a lot of fun everywhere he goes. Uh, so you you won't miss his smile. You'll be able to see it. Just uh, make sure you follow him on Instagram, and you'll still get uh, some Kevon Freighter. Let's just hope that he doesn't end up in the Western Conference. So Definitely. Definitely. So, and he's like, yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll get ahead. to something else, I guess. Uh, I was just going to say that um, – he had such a great personality, as you guys were saying, and definitely check him out on the PRFC fan show. Um, he, Kevin clicked really well, um, so he will be missed. So the next up is those are the two players we know are not returning to the team. There are definitely other team players who haven't been yet signed um, or it hasn't been announced formally. We pretty much know that they're going to be gone but we're not going to talk about them yet because we want to make for absolute sure, and of course we we want them to, we would we want them all to have the best possible opportunity to play. But uh, right now, sitting as our returning players uh, on our back line, you guys want to go by uh, back line to front line? Yeah. All right. Returning to Phoenix Rising FC is going to be number twenty-eight goalkeeper Zach Lubin, and he. Uh, he is currently the only keeper who is signed for the team. What are you guys' thoughts about Zach coming back? I'm excited. I mean, I we we saw you know we saw good performances. We saw great performances actually out of Lubin last year. I mean, we saw he's he's able to go out there and you know even though he hasn't been a regular in our starting eleven, he can take control of of the post and you know control and communicate with his back line. And even, you know, we saw in, oh, what match was it? Was that a swope match where he ended up getting that boot to the face? And, I mean, he's he has no fear out there. So he's, he's a guy who I'm always confident he can go up and win the ball. Um, as a goalkeeper, that's what you want. So I'm really excited to see Lubin come back. The fact that he's familiar with the club, uh, you know, it's just going to be such a positive that if he is our starting keeper next season, I don't think we should have any worries whatsoever. Yeah, I, I like Lubin coming back, getting the nod. Um, it means that he's going to be a big part of our plans this season, which, you know, what does that mean for uh, John Burner? What does that potentially mean for, um, I mean, for Dallas Jay, it means that he's probably out. Um, so, I mean, Lubin is a quality starter, um, and he deserves this opportunity, and he showed a lot of good things for us. He was up for one of the USL saves of the year. About it. Yeah, a couple really important part pieces for Lubin is that he won the starting job. I mean, he actually did win the starting job and and then lost it as the result of having to miss some time with that injury. Uh, Waz and Lubin very equal players. Uh, I've heard that you know one player it is liked because he plays you know the ball better off of his foot the other one has is more aggressive uh, coming out of the box for saves and but they both have really good uh, really excellent on the field on field presence a lot of good leadership quality um, and I'll, I'll tell you that it was very telling that Zach Lubin was one of the was announced on the first day <clears throat> right I think it was Lubin and it was Vega 
who were announced as as the first signings. Um, is that right? Let me think. I think Musa was first. Musa, I think Musa, was Musa not Vega. You're right. You're yeah. right. It was Luba, Lubin and Musa who were announced as the first signings. So I, I think that that is a message that's heard loud and clear across Phoenix Rising Nation that Zach Lubin is going to be our, our keeper of the future. Uh, where that puts Carl Wazinski, given that it's not currently announced, uh, the three of us definitely have some opinions on that um, and, and you know some a lot of speculation going on out there. Uh, but if, if Waz comes back, that's amazing. And if he moves on to a different role in the organization, that's also amazing. Um, and, uh, but it looks like Lubin's going to be the guy. So moving on to the back line, uh, the, def- the defenders that we currently have signed, James Musa, as mentioned just a second ago, number 41 out of New Zealand. Joe Farrell was also announced. Amadou Dia announced, and then uh, more recently, Duigi Mala from the Ivory Coast. Any surprises there, guys? I'll admit, um, I was a little surprised that Mala is coming back, um, be, just being that he didn't really see a lot of time last season. And I know he struggled with an injury here and there, but um, for me, I mean, I'm really surprised to see him coming back. He was, you know, a centerpiece of our back line when Carterone was here. So to see that. You know, the Phoenix Rising Football Club defensive staff still, you know, has plans for Duigi Mala. I'm really excited because he is that tough presence that I think Peter Ramage loves back there. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to, you know, pair up well with either Joe Farrell or, you know, James Musa or whoever is back there in the center line, even Amadou Dia at times. So it's it's going to be really exciting to see uh, see what happens there with Mala. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, you took it right out of my mouth. That's the guy that I was going to be surprised about. Although, thinking about it for a second, now that we know Mike DeFont is not returning, um, there was some drama a couple months ago uh, about DeFont um, that actually got covered in our, our Lost episode that we'll be releasing next week. We went into that in more detail. But, um, yeah, I mean, Duigi Mala makes sense to come back. I was a little surprised that we wouldn't try to get someone younger, but... I think he's a great part of our team. I think, you know, for the last two seasons, he's shown that physical presence. You know, personally, I liked him a little bit more than DeFont. I know DeFont may be a better distributor, but I think as far as being a center back, I, I liked Mala more. Um, and so I'm happy that he's going to get another chance. And will he be a regular starter or a rotation player? Remains to be seen, but either way, he is very valuable to us. If he is a rotation player, he's still very valuable in that role. So I'm happy to see him back. Yeah, big surprise to me too. Uh, Malo really felt like he fell out of favor with it with the team, uh, as he had some really. Um, uh, I mean, there's <laughs> you can't really say anything. He had some really dumb penalties. I mean, he'd probably yeah. say the same thing. Really, really dumb play. Um, but I think with a little bit of maturation and a little bit of uh, ramages. Uh, assistance. I, I think that he's got a lot of ability to be talent, talent or a lot of talent ability. Um, I really did think that he was going to be lost, uh, especially because he was brought in partially by Didier Drogba because of that Ivory Coast connection. Uh, so, hey, you know, we'll look and we'll see. Maybe uh, we'll see 
be able to really physically see his uh, maturation the same way that we saw Lambert mature, the same way we saw uh, Cody Wakasa mature over the past two seasons, uh, even though uh, Cody didn't play a lot the second half of the season. So that's going to be really interesting. So I did mention James Musa as part of the defense, but there was a little bit of a debate. Was Musa is Musa a midfielder or is he defender? Uh, James Musa, I would call a midfielder, but uh, we also have him as a defender. Our midfielding midfielder returnees are going to be Colin Fernandez, Gladson Awako, Alessandro Rigi, Devin Vega, Kivon Lambert, and most importantly, the captain, Solomon Asante. Uh, so I'll tell you, I'll start it off and say I'm most surprised to see uh, Kivon Lambert and Solomon Asante both returning. Uh, I thought at least one of them would get picked up on a different level or in a different international league. Uh, I am so pleased to see them back because obviously everybody loves Kevon Lambert um, and everybody loves Solomon Asante. Uh, but I think possibly given Carterone's loss of job in Al Ali and a couple other things came into play, and uh, that means we get to watch them for yet another year. Uh, what do you think about this this core group, Kyle? I mean, it, those two players stick out uh, above the rest just because of the impact they had on our team last year. Um, I think Asante is more of a surprise just because of the recognition he seemed to get throughout the league and even internationally and all the love he was getting in Ghana. To see him stay in Phoenix was really surprising, especially because he was one of Carter Owens guys. Lambert, I think, I think Lambert, we've talked about his progression and his growth, and I think this year, I think he has an even bigger season than last year, and I think after this season, it will be the season that he moves on to to a bigger club, you know, possibly MLS, possibly abroad. But yeah, both of those players are huge gets, and for me, I'm very excited to see Alessandro Rigi back as well, um, a player that's just, you know, suffered through so many tough injuries the past two seasons. I really hope that he, you know, has a great preseason this year and is able to cement himself into our starting 11. Because when we have Rigi in the 11 or in the 18 coming off the bench, we're a different team. He just brings that speed and just versatility that, uh, you know, you don't see in a lot of players. So just just like we said, just amazing business by the team. They're keeping the players that they need to keep to continue our, our you know, stand and our stranglehold on the Western Conference. So I know I'm very excited. And uh, definitely agree. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I agree with the thoughts on getting Lambert and Asante back. I think those two returning players takes us from being, you know, a contender for the Western Conference to being a pretty clear favorite for the Western Conference as we head into next season. And, and one other thought is um, I'm really excited about Devin Vega. Um, the new Twitter account, Phoenix Rising Tactics had a little video on Devin Vega, his play, his build-up play, and his attacking. And he's one of those guys that just starts things when things are a little bit stagnant. I want to see him be a bigger part of our rotation, join the starting 11 more frequently. And getting him back is fantastic because, I'll be honest, I thought he might be going somewhere else where he'd be a guaranteed starter every week. So that's a big get. Certainly. Uh, the only forward that we have, uh, the only listed forward that we have returning uh, to this 
this team as well is Jason Johnson. So very exciting to see Jason Johnson coming back. Uh, the Jamaican had definitely may have had some opportunities uh, in some different spots. The guy's got a smile uh, that that just would you can see from across the city. Uh, he's always seems to be excited to play. He's a, just a class class player. So he's going to be the guy. And it's going to be, and, and he had some opportunities playing center forward this past season. Uh, it, it was a position that he didn't look incredibly comfortable with. So it's going to be interesting to see how the coaching staff either molds him into being that center forward, if we're going to be using the same formation that we were using before, or if this is more of a signal that we're going to be on that 4-4-2 so that we can see Jason more on the left side where he seems to be uh, most comfortable as he's playing off of Amadou Dia. Uh, Dom, why don't you start us off about Jason? Yeah, I I mean, I think uh, with the thing of Adam John, which we'll get to in a second, um, I think he's going to get that center forward role like the Chris Cortez number nine last season. Then you'd see Johnson, if we stay in 4-1-4-1, you see him on that left wing where he is comfortable or if we go 4-4-2, he'll uh, left side. Um, but I, I really think um, Rick Schantz liked the 4-1-4-1, so we probably stick with that and see John where he was last year. I'm also thinking, and maybe this is off base, I think he was a little unlucky this season. I think he had some of those opportunities, and they were just missing, or the keepers were making big saves. I expect double-digit goals next season. I think he's going to have a bounce-back year, and I think he's going to surprise some people. Absolutely. And he had a fantastic playoff run as well with a couple goals that they were in. Uh, Kyle, what about you? What are your thoughts? I mean, I, I agree with Dominic completely. I think last season was a unfortunate season in Jason Johnson's career. It didn't have, you know, as many highs as we'd hoped, but um, I mean, he certainly made up for it with some highlight the scissor kick aside. I was just, I was getting to it. Don't worry. I didn't forget. I know the USL voters <laughs> forgot. I cannot believe. I mean, I don't even want to get into the goal of the year voting right now, but still Johnson, I really think from these signings right now, I wonder if there will be a bit of a change in formation um, but then again, with the signing of John, he does seem to be that center forward that we were lacking. So regardless, I think Jason Johnson is an out-and-out starter every single week next season. And like Dominic says, I think I think double-digit goals is definitely possible. And I think if he's not getting you know five or six assists on a season as well, um, it'd be a letdown. Because this this team, it just it's looking all about speed right now. And I think that's the environment in which Jason Johnson is going to thrive. So really looking to see a lot from him this this next season. Yeah, and let's remember that he was the 2017 season uh, uh, season leader in goals. I believe he finished the year with 11 goals at that, at that point as well. So uh, going to be great to see. All right, on to our additions. We've already mentioned uh, Adam John. So why don't we just talk about him a little bit? Uh, Adam John, you can read up on him just a little bit uh, on firebirdsoccer.net. Uh, John is a um, uh, coming off of a three-year contract with the Columbus Crew. He had previously had a contract um, with another MLS squad. 
with the San Jose Earthquakes. He spent some time in the, M the uh, USL with Sacramento Republic as well and had a very short loan to Oklahoma City Energy. Uh, he's a, a little bit on the older side, but um, still very, very productive in his career. Uh, and by on the older side, it means he's not a, a 19 or 20-year-old player. I think he's 28 years old, something like that. Uh, He'll be 28 next season. He turns 28 in January. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and he's six foot three. So, you know, if you're looking at somebody to play that that Chris Cortez type of role, as Chris Cortez moves off to to the next next phase in his career, boy, um, you know, this this guy, other than I, I highly doubt that Adam John is uh, bilingual like Chris Cortez <laughs> is, uh, but if you're looking at the statistics. This might be the second coming here. Uh, Kyle, tell us what your, what your thoughts are, what you know about uh, Mr. John here. Uh, see, I don't know a lot because I know he was not typically the starter at Columbus Crew. So as far as game experience, I have not seen him a lot on the, on the pitch. But I, what I know about him is, like you said, he's traveled all throughout the MLS. He's, you know, he's been in and out MLS squads throughout his whole career. Even, like you said, was at Sacramento, so he has USL experience as well. And um, I, I agree with you completely. All of his skills that I've seen on highlight reels, they all show that of Chris Cortez. Very similar in style and hold-up play. Um, not going to outrun you, but they will outskill you. They could outpass you, and they could outshoot you. So I, I really think that this is a big signing because when we lost Freighter, I was really wondering who's going to be our center forward, who's going to take over that position. Losing Cortez and Drogba, you know, we really didn't have anyone to fill that role. I think John fills that perfectly. And, you know, being that he's has MLS experience, but he's still on the right side at 30, um, I think that that's great. And I think that it's, you know, something that if he has a good season this season, he could be a player that Phoenix could hold on to and maybe bring to the MLS with us. So, um I mean, I just, I really think this was a huge signing to see us getting a, an, M, an MLS quality player. Um, I think that speaks volumes about Phoenix Rising and how players want to play here. Definitely. And uh, it's, it's, I think, a guy in the sweet spot for us because maybe he's a little bit too old for MLS clubs to give him a shot at this point. Maybe they would rather go with someone that's younger, but he still has years to play. He can still be a quality striker for us for two, three, four years still. And he's in his prime. He's scoring goals at the MLS level. He has 12 MLS goals in his career with the San Jose Earthquakes and the Columbus Crew. Um, he's made a ton of appearances. So there's a guy that knows what it takes to play at that level. And I think going down to USL, I mean, when he was with Sac Republic, he had eight goals in 28 appearances. He had three goals in 10 appearances for OKC. This is a guy that has a track record of getting it done. And I would be stunned if he doesn't get double-digit goals next season. I, it's an amazing signing. A rich man's Cortez. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and he's already shown that he's, uh, he's very interested in engaging with the fans. I don't think that he knows what he's getting himself into, uh, but uh, he's... <laughs> <laughs> he went and he signed up for a Periscope account. He did a, a one-hour live Periscope where he was peppered with questions from all kinds of uh, schmucky people like me. Uh, and, and he responded really well. Seems very interested to know about what Phoenix is like and, and wants to engage with the fans. So uh, big props to Adam. 
looking forward to seeing him uh, become, you know, that that sort of fan favorite and, and fans glom onto him. Seems like a really, really good dude. Um, all right. In addition to uh, Adam, in the midfielder, we're going to be adding yet another. We're, well, I guess we're replacing a, a Jamaican in Freighter with another Jamaican uh, named named Junior Flemings. Uh, Junior Flemings comes out of Tivoli Gardens FC early on in his career, has traveled through New York Red Bulls 2, last season played with the Tampa Bay Rowdies, uh, played 26, uh, had 26 appearances with the Rowdies last uh, um, last season. He has some, some national team experience with uh, the Jamaican national team, U17, U20, and has one one appearance uh, has been capped once by the the senior squad as well. So uh, this guy, everybody is talking about his speed. Um, and Junior Fleming's at 22 years old, five foot ten, seems to be just a speed demon. Uh, Dom, what have you seen on him? Uh, he's yeah, he is a speed demon. He's only 22 years old, um, and really, I think he's going to fill that that rich man's Billy Forbes role. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Billy Forbes, but this is a signing that, to me, you know, it seems like if we're bringing Flemings in, Forbes is going to be going out uh, because he does have that, you know, super sub uh, kind of thing. He makes a lot of substitute appearances. He's very quick in transition. This is a dude that knows how to score goals. He scored... 16 goals in 52 appearances for RB2. He scored six goals last year for the Rowdies in 26 appearances, a lot of those as a sub. So this guy is, you know, maybe he'll get started, but I really see him being a guy that just instant impact off the bench. You know, he'll get some starts, you know, maybe like half the starts, um, but then just instant offense. Um, and I love this signing. Yeah, uh, Coach Chance actually uh, get, put a little tease on Twitter. He said, quote, Junior's explosive reminds me of a younger JJ. Can can play both sides of the field and possibly even up front in a combo. Junior is a player I've been watching since his beginning at New York Red Bulls. So this is somebody who's been on Chance's radar. And if you imagine a JJ on one side and a JJ on the other, uh, Kyle, what are, you, what are you expecting? Well, this is where I, I think that this is – if Flemings is a regular start in next season, this kind of speaks to Sean's vision for Phoenix and that we're just going to kill teams on the wing with speed. I mean, with Flemings on one side and Johnson on another, I think we could outrun just about any other USL championship side. So, um, I mean, it really speaks to what Sean's has planned for next season and the fact that Sean's is able to track these players and bring them in. I think it just shows that we really got a quality coach in Rick Sean's because he knows the U.S. soccer landscape and he knows more than just the Arizona soccer landscape. He knows the international and national landscape. And I think that having that experience and him being able to tap into these kinds of players that he's watched for a few years and being able to sign them, I mean, it's just such a huge asset. And I think that Fleming's, He's a young, young guy, and he's going to be hungry to come into this Phoenix Rising team and make a name for himself because we seem to be one of the most sought-after teams in the USL right now. So I really think that he's going to come in and try to make a big impact, and I hope that he does. And I hope that you know it, it, it turns out well and he fits in with the team perfect because I think his signing, it gives me a lot of hope that we're just going to be able to outrun so many other clubs next season. 
you know, you really bring up a hell of a point there. Uh, this is going to be Rick's team. This is Rick's first chance at having his team. He's, he's had two shots at uh, head coaching stints, and uh, but each of those teams, one was Frank, a Frank Yollop team, one was a Patrice Cartarone team. Uh, and in this particular case, this is going to be his team. If he likes Flemings, uh, then he's going to be able to uh, take the time to develop this guy as a player. Uh, and uh, it, this is going to be really interesting. Dom, I have a question for you. Sum up this team, this squad, as you see them right now, in one word. Explosive. Dynamite. Dynamite. I'll stick with dynamite. Dynamite! <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> I, I, I'm, am I, I'm showing my age. All right, Kyle, what about you? I, I mean, like Dominic said, just speed fast i mean look you look at these players you look at this lineup and we have a lot of youth now too i mean you look at phoenix rising of the past first now i mean we are getting so much younger and we're really relying on these players in key positions i mean our defensive midfield is 20 22 year olds our, our you know our possible attacking center mid Devin vega next year i think he's still 19 i mean Junior Fleming's on the wing at 22. We're just going so much younger in a lot of these positions. And like you said, it's really showing Shantz and him starting to build this team as he sees it fit and how, you know, he's able to put his identity on it. And I know that he's a Gunners fan, so I know that he's going to want to play a similar style to that. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think that this this next preseason, I think, is... I'm so, so hyped for it, and I really am looking forward to seeing these opponents because I think Shantz is going to go into it with a completely different attitude, and um, I'm just looking forward to what he's going to put out on the field. And I'll correct you real quick. Devin Vega is 20 years old. His birthday was last week. So okay. Ha happy birthday, Devin. <laughs> uh, I saw you had some awesome festivities on uh, uh, via your Instagram feed and uh, wishing you the best 20th year here. Um, how about 20 goals in 20 for your 20th year? I think that'd be pretty awesome. No, that'd be – how about 23? How about he rolls with his number and let's just get 23 goals? Go Jordan on him. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> All How about right. let's just see improvement and uh, maybe some assists, 23 combined goals and assists, and uh, really just like some improvement. Let's not peg 23 goals on anyone. That's uh... <laughs> all right. 20, 23 goals, assists, and key passes. That sounds that sounds fine. Uh, th that should be doable for for the young man, I think. Okay. Uh, any other uh, any other comments on roster, guys? Um, no, we talked about it. I think there's just really one name that I think all three of us are kind of questioning as to, you know, will he be announced? Will he not be announced? And, um, you know, the Wizard of Waz, we're all kind of in speculation right now mode as to what's going to happen with him. But um, I, I think either way, this team is in a great spot right now, and I'm not really too concerned. But I would I would love to see him come back. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that he's uh, got a lot, a lot I, of leadership and a lot to offer still. Dom? Just going to say, you know, if he if he does return with the squad, I would love to see that. And it's possible the team could be waiting uh, to announce that until closer to Christmas. 
they like to spread out their announcements and not do a seventh announcement like New Mexico, uh, which I think everyone appreciates. Um, but if he if he decides to you know do anything else, that's cool too. But we're we're waiting definitely. With baited breath, I think one one other thought about the roster. Yeah, but one one thought about the roster as a whole is I feel like this is a very Western Conference roster. I don't think there are many teams like this out east that, um, you know, maybe Cincy last year or Red Bulls too to some extent, but teams that are just going to like be explosive with speed and they're still going to be physical in the back, quality keeping, but really like just killing you with the speed and the counter attacking and the attack. Yeah, I think one one of the things that and uh, I don't know stylistically. Yeah, one of the things that that you had brought up uh, in our pre uh, pre tape uh, that we were talking about is as this roster sits, this isn't like a contending squad. This is a favorite squad. Uh, this isn't a oh you know I'm looking at these names and going oh ew. they could they could probably finish fifth sixth you know, seventh and make the playoffs or whatever. This is a squad that's going for the, the jugular. And anything that's going to be added on top of this, I, I just can't imagine uh, and any, you know, who who we're going to be able to get as subs playing behind these guys. Because this is, we have a, a fantastic starting 11 already here on paper here. You're yeah, I mean, I, right. I think you could... I'd even say you could just re-sign Waldrop and put a bunch of like, you know, recent college graduates, USL League One types to fill out this roster, and we'd easily be a playoff team, probably like top four, top five, with nothing added to this. Yeah, completely. Um, all right, so on to league news. Uh, on, uh, that pretty much covers all of our team news. On to league news. Uh, the only major league news that I had noted uh, is that we have new, uh, some new conference alignment going on. Uh, we have some teams that are being added into the league uh, this this season. So they USL had to make some movement, and they pull St. Louis, and they they pull our rival Swope Park Rangers out of the Western Conference in order to make room for the Austin Bold, the El Paso Locomotive, and the, and New Mexico United uh, into the Western Conference. As part of this, that, that means that uh, we're going to have um, 36 teams across the two different conferences. Uh, there's going to be a lot of parity. There's not going to be too many... Uh, too many uh, in fact, I think we play everybody twice, and that's it. We don't don't have any repeat games. Is that right? I believe so. 30, I believe it's a yeah. straight. I can't I tell you until the schedule's released, but I believe that is the plan. Yeah, that's right. It's it's thirty. <clears throat> it's going to be a um, a uh, uh, eighteen team conference and a thirty four game schedule. So you're playing seventeen matches. Yep. It's going to be a home and away, a one and a yep. one for each each time, and uh, that's going to be really an interesting. Interesting conference alignment here with 36 teams. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, the the big thing on our end is, you know, two playoff teams from last year, St. Louis and Swope, are out. So who fills that power vacuum? Um, there were a lot of hungry teams last year that were, you know, knocking on the doorstep and just missed it. Uh, now you bring in El Paso, who looks like they're trying to be competitive right away. Uh, Austin is going to be trying to be competitive right away. I don't know about New Mexico. I don't see them as a playoff team this year as of as far as the guys they got right now but maybe that changes um but yeah 18 teams it looks like it's going to be a straight you know home and away for 34 matches um no interconference matches which is a little disappointing but um it is what it is and i mean it's going to be fun will we go to the three conferences next year probably um but right now that's how it's shaken out. Another interesting thing with the alignment is um, Ottawa Fury is still part of the Eastern Conference, but CONCACAF uh, went after them and said they need to find a league in their home nation. Um, Aaron, you had some more details on that. They're, they're still going to play in USL this season, but beyond that, it's unlikely. Can you fill in those blanks? Yeah, so CONCACAF basically came out and said that Ottawa Fury, as of as of right now, is not sanctioned to play in 2019. Uh, that's as the result of the creation of the Canadian Premier League. Uh, there is a rule within FIFA that says that teams must play within their home uh, within their home countries. Uh, they can only play outside of their home countries or their home home federations under extenuating circumstances. Ottawa, as well as Toronto, uh, was playing in the MLS and playing in USL as the result of there not being a league within their federation. Well, now the Canadian Premier League comes into play, and CONCACAF says, hey, we got some rules that we have to follow that's set, up, set by our governing organization, and <clears throat> also, Ottawa has not applied uh, the, the CONCACAF came out and said, because they were being made to look like the real bad guys in this whole thing. And CONCACAF said, hey, look, we told these folks that they had to they had to do some work in order to get their sanctioning. And they didn't do it. They didn't submit an application for um, uh, they didn't sub submit an application to try and override the rules, to ask for a one year forgiveness, to ask any any information. Um, and as the result of that, we did what we told them that we were going to do. We took away their sanctioning. Now, I think the popular um, popular opinion at this point is that they will be given sanctioning for two th in 2019, but they're going to have to make some decisions for the following season. Uh, but things are still up in the air. The stranger things that kind of surround this is that Toronto FC2, also a Canadian team, is playing in League One. They aren't being brought up in this at all. Toronto FC, TFC, is playing in MLS. They aren't being brought up in this. Only Ottawa. So I guess that must mean that CONCACAF believes that the Canadian Premier League matches better with the U.S. Division II League instead of the Division I League that CPL is trying to be. It's a, it's very, very, concern, a very uh, confusing to a lot of people. Uh, but the biggest thing is that CONCACAF says, to date, we have not received a formal request from any party to consider sanctioning. Um, even though we 
even though we told them that they needed to do it. So we'll have to see what happens with the Ottawa Fury. I think that they're that it's going to shake out. I think CONCACAF is being unfairly cast a little bit as the bad guys here. Um, but we are talking about Division Two soccer. It is somewhat still lower division soccer, and some teams still have to or have to make some mistakes, especially as Canadian Premier League comes into play. Um, Kyle, did you catch a, any wind of this, or is this all new to you? I mean, I've kind of I've kind of heard about it and read about it a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, there's two sides to the coin, and I think I think I understand. CONCACAF's rule, I think we all do, that teams should play in their home nations. I think most of us would agree with that. And I think the CONCACAF, or the Canadian Premier League is probably pushing to have Ottawa be in their league because they are a larger soccer fan base in this in the you know country of Canada. They have a you know pretty successful team. I think they normally average around 8,000, 9,000 attendance. So they have a pretty solid club there. Um, so I could understand that the Canadian Premier League is looking to have a club like that in their league. And, you know, Ottawa may be resistant to join this league, given that it's just, you know, an upstart right now. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I kind of wonder, going forward, do these Canadian teams stick around in the USL? Because we keep seeing markets pop up within the United States, and it seems like we could fully fill the U- the USL with teams, with cities here in America. So, um, maybe, you know, maybe this is, yeah, a one season thing that Ottawa's allowed to play for one more year before they get everything in order and then shift to the Canadian Premier League. But as you said, it opens up a whole nother can of worms with the MLS Canada teams still being allowed to play in Division One U.S. soccer. So, um, I mean, it's it's really kind of something that I think that they've created themselves by allowing the MLS to, to expand as it has into other countries. But um I think that for Ottawa, I know that their fan base probably looks at going down to the Canadian Premier League as a downgrade and not, you know, not being at the same level as the USL. And for them, that would be unfortunate. But they could also look at it as an opportunity to be the best team in Canada, which I think, you know, many of them would be proud of that. So, um, you know, hopefully it, it works out, you know, in the best way possible. And I would like to see them stay in the USL for one more season just because we talked about we have the 36 set teams and having an even number makes for a nice schedule. So hopefully this is solved, you know, during this season and going into next season, they don't have to deal with this again. Soccer is just some really fascinating politics in the way that they go through. And as I'm looking at some of the stuff on the Fury, I mean, they play in a in a 24,000 seat stadium. Uh, they have a lot of history, or they have some good history in the NASL. Uh, they were fortunate enough to have Tom Heineman uh, play for them and be a leading scorer one year. Uh, this is not a schlocky type of team. Uh, and and you're right, they got a good fan base and good attendance. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, Dom, we had one more piece of league news also related to a, a pretty key signing uh, from a former SKC signee, but uh, who played a lot of time in the USL. Why don't you take us through that? Yeah, so um, it came out right after the season that Carlton Belmar would not get his contract renewed with Sporting KC. Um, and so he was a hot name in USL free agency. He ends up signing with Nashville. Um, so that's a big get for them. One would expect that he would make the jump to MLS after this season, uh, with Nashville. And I'm sure that that was a big part of the appeal to get him out there. Um, shows that Nashville means business. 
uh, for this season. They're last in USL. And it's, it's a good fit for him. He'll get to play his former team now that they're moving to the Eastern Conference. Um, but I know some people West were, you know, upset that they didn't get to sign him. And some people are relieved that we don't have to play him anymore. So I guess it depends what side of the fence you're on there. But uh, he has found a new home. Um, yeah, that's a that's a big story. And there have been some other free agency signings, but that's probably one of the bigger ones. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, there's still a lot of folks who are up in the air, really, really solid players, uh, who we don't know where they're going to end up. And uh, um, Cameron Lancaster is is one of those names. He's he's still up in the air as to where he's going to end up playing. Uh, Belmar was was a big move. There are several uh, MLS players that were either loanees who are now off contract. So we still have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of road to to go here before we end up with final rosters and uh, some exciting players that could still end up here in the Western Conference and maybe some of them here at Phoenix Rising FC. Um, So that's pretty much it for league news at the moment. Dom, we had some supporter side questions, I believe. Is that? Do you have those up? I sure do. Um, thanks to all our listeners for getting back. I know it's been a minute, um, but we had a great response on this supporter section um, tweet. Six questions, in fact. And I'm just pulling them up right now so we can go through all of them. Um, I, I remember one off the top of my head. And I'll give the shout-out to the person once I have it here. But uh, this tweet was in regards to what are the new expansion teams looking like. And we can focus on a Western Conference perspective here and take a look at New Mexico United, El Paso Locomotive, and Austin Bold. Um, All of those teams have made some signings. All of these teams are actually pretty far along with signings, uh, more so than teams in the recent past uh and they've all signed international guys too so um do you guys want to kind of power rank those teams based on the guys they have signed i can i can take it through the signings if you just want some names yeah why don't you do that a little bit sure um so the first one that was announced was austin bold and they have more than 10 guys on their roster already Um, This is based off Wikipedia. This is pending USL approvals, but um, and some good names, too. They have uh, Chris Tierpak coming from San Antonio. Um, Veteran guy, and you can't miss him on the broadcast because he's always wearing the headband. Uh, London Woodbury um, in defense. That's a veteran defender there. Um, They have a lot of guys from different countries, too. They have a couple Jamaicans. They have two Brazilians including one up top, Kleber. Uh, they have a guy from Argentina. They have a guy from Mexico. Saudi Arabia, they have a guy there too. Uh, um, so yeah, their roster already has, let me see this, 6, 9, 12, 14 guys on it. Um, and their coach is a Brazilian guy too. Um, so a lot up in the air, but it looks like they're trying to make a big splash in USL. They have a 5,000-seat stadium ready to go. Um, they'll be a team to keep eyes on. I, I think they'll definitely be fighting for the playoffs. El Paso Locos are next. 
Um, they have the British coach, Mark Lowry. Um, a couple of names you might be familiar with, Omar Salgado. Um, why does that name sound familiar? I know he, he, was on, he was on Las Vegas Lights last year. That's why. Um, yeah, but he spent some time with, think- with uh, Tigres and uh, um, spent some loan time with Tampa Bay and then uh, with, the, with uh, Jaguars uh, down in, um, in La Liga MX. Uh, yeah, definitely a player. Also has time on the the uh, United States U twenty three team, so interesting guy. Yeah, and and not, not a lot of familiar names on this team, but a lot of international guys. Um, they have a midfielder from Spain. They have Nick Ross from Scotland. They have uh, Chiro and Toko from Belgium. They have another Brazilian guy uh, and an Argentinian midfielder, Sebastian Contreras. So another team that's you know, reaching out to a lot of different countries to build this squad. Um, Chiro and Toko has some interesting European experience too. He's, he's, um, I want to say he's played in the top Dutch league. Has he made it to the top Dutch league? He not. No, I think he did. I think he has played in the top Dutch league. So FC, uh, FC guy was, yeah. So he, he has, some experience at the Eredivisie. Um, so he'll be a veteran presence for them. Interesting team. I don't think they have the depth right now to push for the playoffs, um, but it'll be a fun team to watch, and maybe they surprise some people. New Mexico, um, they now have nine players. Um, the most recent guy is Santi Moore. Um, he played with Bethlehem Steel the last two years. He's from Spain. Um, and he had a lot of, uh, appearances for Beth Steele, six goals in 35 appearances. Uh, some other names that you might be familiar with, Juan Guzman from Lou City, Sam Hamilton. He was with us on loan for a minute at the end of the 2017 season. Um, Cody Mazel, Austin Yearwood. These are good names. I mean, this, this team. And don't forget Josh will about their color choice. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is very true. Yes, I mean, so, just, I mean this just is a really interesting squad for sure. Yeah, it is. They're gonna is. be they're gonna be going for it next year, and that's our home opener. So I feel like this could be a fun rivalry right out of the gate. I really wish they just went with red and yellow for the colors, but whatever. They're, they're putting a good squad together, so. I mean, do, do you guys think that one or more of these teams will make the playoffs next year? Um, well, I don't, for me, it's still too early to see what business the other Western Conference teams have done. Because, I mean, it, depending on who other teams have re-signed given that Swope and St. Louis have moved on. I mean, it's possible two of these teams could push. I would say the most likely are Austin and El Paso to push for playoffs. Um, New Mexico. I mean, I, I mean, I, it's possible, but I just haven't seen enough depth in their signing so far. Um, But I mean, I really, I think that really what complicates things or not complicates, but makes it interesting is that two teams moved out two playoff contending teams moved out of the Western Conference. So that opens up two spots for, 
you know, just about any team right now, I feel like. I got to tell you, I'm really struck well, by, by uh, Austin's signing of, you know, international players. They got one, two, three, yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They got they have ten countries already represented, including the U.S. Uh, with a Brazilian coach. Uh, this guy must really see something, and and with they're going to have some leadership in that in Chris Chris Tier pack there. Uh, but they're looking at a lot of experience. And then I'm looking at this New Mexico United, and you guys seem like, oh, you know. But there are some really well-known names here in Josh, Josh Suggs and, and uh, Cody Mizell and Sam Hamilton. I, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how these teams uh, accept everything. I Personally, I'm rooting for El Paso Locomotive. I don't know why I like the brand. Um, I like their branding I have since they released it. Uh, they came out to visit us. Uh, they took their whole front office out to a game uh, at Phoenix, mm-hmm. Phoenix Rising Soccer complex and i think it's going to be uh just really neat to be able to see these uh these younger teams come in and you know let's hope that it's uh six six easy wins for eight, for 18 points yeah i was just gonna say let's hope new mexico starts off slow <laughs> but um no i i, I, I don't think it's gonna be like that but <laughs> uh, that's why i said let's hope uh, <laughs> yeah we can always pray right yes sir but it will be really interesting yeah, to I, see the development of Austin as well because they're getting a little bit of a head start, and I think that this is one of those things that's going to that has the chance to be that USL versus MLS issue. Um, if this team is able to capture fans quickly uh, for for that in that city, that it that they're going to have the opportunity to really put the screws to pre-court sports ventures um, as they're trying to open up Austin FC. Uh, there's going to be a lot of marketplace confusion, and a lot of people are going to think that Austin FC is the Austin Bold. Um, <laughs> and if Austin Bold grabs them first, they're going to stick there. Uh, and I think that that only says good things about USL and, and bodes well for our whole, uh, our whole conference. I I am fully in support of this. I hope that team sticks there and does really well um, because, I mean, this is veering into another conversation, but um, with the recent comments about MLS expanding beyond 28 teams, if Austin takes off as a USL franchise there, maybe MLS doesn't go there. Maybe Precourt takes his ventures to another town potentially a different city i mean do we know anything at this point Eh, yeah super league or something crazy um but it it is going to be fun to watch these teams and you know i did a double take actually looking at the names on new mexico here i really do think they can compete and i think just in general there's going to be a big shakeup in the standings in the western conference this year because soil park a mainstay in the playoffs is out because St. Louis now is out, because Salt Lake City, uh, Real Monarchs, they've been good the last two years. Now they're selling, selling, selling. They just got rid of Sparrow. So they're probably not in top eight. So you could see a huge shakeup this year. I, I mean, I'm talking like four of the eight teams could be new playoff teams, um, which makes for a fun watch. It just makes it fun as a fan. You know that the teams like Colorado Springs, OKC, Tulsa are going to be looking to come back up after, you know, disappointing seasons. So I, you know, 
in other sports, you talk about tanking teams. I don't think there are going to be very many teams this year that are just looking real down and out. And that's good for the game. Yeah, so that covers a little bit of Phil's question, Wolf uh, V1P3R uh, as well. He talks about with FCC leading, leaving, who do we think the Eastern Conference contender is with Swope and blah, blah, blah. To be honest with you, Phil, I'm not interested in the, in the Eastern Conference. We're not playing any of those guys. Uh, I don't think that, that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the Western Conference uh, uh, on, the, on the Rising is One podcast uh, for the most part. Uh, there's definitely some interesting things that are going to go on over there. Will Swope and St. Louis shake some things up? Uh, will Atlanta 2 be able to show some additional success uh, like its parent club? But that's better for the, US, uh, the main USL pod uh, or some of those, some of those uh, um, uh, East Coast pods as well. Uh, what else do we have for questions, Dom? Um, yes, we do have a few more. Uh, so thanks to uh, Wolf, Viper, and Rising Fan 1 for your guys' uh, questions. Next up comes the ghost of Luke Rooney. Thoughts on the coming and going of players so far? Any thoughts on our MLS bid in its current state? What would, your, what would be your top four ranking? So we talked about the players already. Um, let's not spend too much time on this MLS one because we could go for hours. But what are your thoughts on our MLS bid and the recent comments about 28 plus? Um, I mean, are we allowed to swear? <laughs> Curse. I'm, I'm all for it. What I if mean, it's in Yiddish? Disclaimer. Disclaimer, oh, listeners, there might let be there might be some bombs being dropped here. So if you got kids, <laughs> put it on your headphones for the next few minutes. No, I mean realistically, it. it's just anything. <laughs> the the more and more I look at this, and, and the more and more I look at the Austin issue and the Columbus issue, and then now St. Louis and blah blah blah, it just makes me want to just it it drives me crazy. And you know, with with apologies to guys who have more experience in this, like. Uh, you know, uh, like John McPherson, who, who's like, look, it doesn't matter, and blah, blah, blah. I'm a Phoenix homer. I'm born and raised here. I love this place. I just hate it when we're compared to a city that's, you know, has a, has a 1%, you know, 1% uh, population growth uh, since 2010 uh, that has half of the population of us that's a smaller media market that is in a saturated area already, and that somebody's going to say that St. Louis is going to be a better place than, than Phoenix is. It just it drives me crazy that people look down on our bid for any reason at all, um, even the heat. You know, you're heading into winter. You don't have any, any room to talk. And heat's no problem compared to what you got going on and, and what you're shoveling uh, in, in your front yard right now. So... Uh, it's, all right, I'm just going to mute myself and then yell loudly. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I, I think that Phoenix, I'm not concerned at all. I mean, I, what encourages me the most is you look at a team like Atlanta United that was not even a thought but in anyone's mind as far as expansion maybe 10 years ago. And to see is how far they came, they had a huge owner in Robert Blank who already had his own stadium that he can host the team in and host a final in. We all saw that. So I really think that Phoenix, they're a great market. MLS sees the opportunity. I think, 
I think right now MLS is just they're not completely sold on us yet. They need one more season. They need one more big thing that we have that other cities don't have to really sell them on it. But I mean, like we talked about now they're wavering on, Oh, it doesn't have to be 28 teams. We could possibly go to 32. And I honestly think that was always MLS's plan. They're not going to cap expansion as long as they see dollar bills flowing in. Cause when it comes down to it, they're a business. I mean, we all know that all these big sports leagues, it's about the money. It's really what it comes down to. And Phoenix, like we've talked about, it's the biggest TV market that MLS doesn't have. And TV markets mean dollars. That means rights. That means they got cash flow coming in that Don Garber can spend on whatever he wants. So I really think that it's a matter of time for Phoenix. And like I've said in the past, if they don't want us, I really don't want them. Because from what I've seen from MLS, they at times have the ability to take the grassroots of soccer and kind of corrupt it a little bit. And I would hate to see that kind of thing happen here in Phoenix, you know, reference Columbus crew. So I personally, you know, I have hard feelings towards MLS for some of the business they've done in the past. And if, you know, these teams in Austin and St. Louis knock out Phoenix, then to hell with them. But I don't think that our bid is in jeopardy and I don't think it has been. I think that it's just going to take a little bit of time for MLS to confirm and announce that we will be one of the next, I say we're one of the next two, but if it does go to another round of four teams, I think there's no doubt we're number three in that, in that round of expansion. So I think it's just a matter of when, not if for Phoenix. <coughs> St. Louis sucks. <coughs> oh, sorry about oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Dom, Dom, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I think the uh, the person that has my sentiments down perfectly is Pat Moses. I actually retweeted a tweet he had earlier today about expansion and MLS, and I'll just I'll just read it word for word because um, it was just on the money. Um, he said, and like, just give me a sec, I gotta find it here on our likes. Uh, where are we at? This short break brought to you by Sacramento's Lame. Feel Here free we to go. drink Here Sacramento we go. lameness all day long. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. The more this is getting prolonged, the more I'm cool staying in USL. If MLS wanted Phoenix, we would know about it. Doesn't seem like they do, so screw them. Love what we have now. That's exactly how I feel. If yeah. they want us, great. If they don't, great. Doesn't matter. We have a great culture. We are experiencing awesome success i mean we know that mls would be stupid to not have us but it truly is their loss mls is the popular girl that can choose from the pick of the litter and you know we're clearly the dude that has the grades has pretty good looks has a nice college scholarship lined up and if she doesn't see the potential in that that is truly her loss um she can choose to make poor uh, decisions that she will regret. She can have a little bit uh, too much fun and go with St. Louis, whatever. But uh, it'll be her loss in the end if she chooses other places. And yes, I am referring to Don Garber as a she. Um, <laughs> it, it's just, what else is there to say? I mean, you can care about it or you can not care about it. But however we feel about it isn't going to make a difference. This is not like the Save the Crew situation where 
this is an existing team and the fans have a little bit more stay here. I mean, it's up to him. And we've, we've shown out when MLS executives were there for the playoffs. We had a great sellout. You know, MLS executives went in 2017 and were shown around Phoenix and reported having a great experience. But he hasn't made it out to Phoenix yet. Maybe he'll come out for the U.S. men's national team match or at least keep tabs on that in January. That could be something interesting because I know with Nashville, there was some buzz about Nashville going to MLS after there was a good crowd for the U.S. men's national team in 2017. So that's what, something we can do is show out for that U.S. game against Panama, which should be a good game. Um, but really, I, I don't care that much. And if, if they're going to be 32 teams, we're going to be one of those teams. I, if it happens in three years, if it happens in eight years, I don't know. And I know a lot of people care, but I really don't. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I care more about this club than where we're identified as far as our league standing. We're top class regardless. Um, I mean, it, like you said, it's, you know, being, you know, teased and just dragged along. You know, we our fan base, we really don't need this. We don't have to put up with this. And, you know, if they do turn turn on Phoenix and go to St. Louis, Detroit, all the other places that have been named. Um, that's fine. They can do that. Um, I'm sure they'll have great long-term success seeing as how sports franchises never leave those cities and, and move on. Um, so let's, uh, let's hope for the best if that does happen. But I mean, no, it's, if they don't want Phoenix, they're stupid and we don't want to be a part of their pretty girl club. Yeah. And I've well, said one, before, one thing I, I I've definitely one thing said I do want to say, that, oh, go sorry. Uh, one, the the one thing for me is I'm totally good with, and I, I said this on, on Twitter a little while ago, I'm totally good with USL. I love USL. I think that they have made a hell of a platform, and it's fantastic. I just hate taking second place to a third-rate city. That's my biggest problem, regardless of what it is, whether it's, you know, <laughs> I'm not taking second place to, to a third-rate city, period. All right, Dom, sorry about that. Go ahead. Um. That's fair, and I know I know that like some people have a different take on this, but um, if it is St. Louis that gets in over us, I don't want to hate on St. Louis because it actually is a really good soccer town. People there do care about their team. Um, it doesn't have to be one versus the other. It doesn't have to be like, you know, saying that they're crap because they're getting a team and you know we aren't. Oh, you've been people going can... to the going to the Justin Viver School of Soccer Love, I hear. Everybody has to love everybody. Nah, screw those guys. Aaron has some regional <laughs> to, biases, to each, clearly. To, to each their own. I think there's no reason that they can't get into MLS. We can't get an MLS eventually, and we'll have a fun little we'll have a fun little rivalry there in like 15 years. But I I don't see the need to uh, to put them down. I think they would I think they would love an MLS team. I really do. I think it would be great there. So. It's really up to Garber. I think Phoenix makes more sense as an MLS city, but, you know, he's the one calling the shots, so whatever. Um, <laughs> we do have a couple more questions. Uh, sorry for the dismissive tone on that one. I know, I know this stuff does matter to a lot of people. It's just that we've been living it for so long that I'm kind of over it at this point. But, um, but we do have a couple more. Um, from Pat Moses, we have... Team is incomplete, so how about this favorite food stand at the complex? We all agree it's Senor Ozzy's Tacos, right? 
Uh, I mean, they're the only place that I've had food from at the stadium, I'll admit. I have yet to have the pizza or anything else, so um, I would have to say yes. But my my biggest thing for food next season is at some point I saw people walking around and selling burritos out of duffel bags in the supporter section, and whoever was doing that has to come back every single week because <laughs> tacos at your seats – is a must. If you want MLS to come to Phoenix, deliver Mexican food to the supporter section regularly, and it will happen. I mean, it, it, I, that was insane. I was blown out of the water to see someone doing that. And whoever, you know, they need to talk to at the front office, let those people in and let them sell those burritos because that is ingenious. Getting food delivered to you in the supporter section would be just the best experience ever. <laughs> Well, and let's not discriminate. I mean, if they want to bring pizza, if they want to bring sushi, they can do that too. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I I say burrito because it's the it's the most convenient, easiest deliverable. You can, you know, stuff a hundred of them into a duffel bag. But I mean, hey, if if you want to, you know, bring it out little, you know, bento boxes, I'd be fine with that too. But we got to get that, you know, delivery food at your seat next year in the supporter section. I think that would just go off the rails. I could just see now burritos being tossed in the air when we score a goal. So, <laughs> Oh, don't promote um, that. That's just, oh, <laughs> beans everywhere. That's, I, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of Venezia's. I like Venezia's pizza, um, and I like the mala especially. So uh, that that's pretty solid. But I one, think... th- one thing to know is that uh, – um, and this goes to a couple of the different questions, is that Sam Dore was just uh, recently interviewed on the PRFC fan show uh, on the their, for their YouTube show, and Sam gave about an hour-long interview and talked about a lot of different parts of the fan experience. So I want to give a shout-out to Kevin Gates and Edward over there. Uh, the show's the first of their new season. I think it's uh, definitely a, a must-see for, for uh for our fans in terms of just getting into the mind of Sam Dore and in the mind of the team and how they look at parts of the, the fan experience on a day-to-day basis. Uh, one of our questions for our supporter section here, it relates to what's parking like and, and what's, you know, how are they going to do that? And uh, all that stuff is at front of mind for them, whether they're trying to figure out, okay, are we going to build another way to get out? out? Are we going to have another way to get in? Uh, one of the think one of the interesting things that he did mention is that they did take p- the parking issue into account in terms of uh, in in uh, setting prices because they know look without premium premium parking they can't really raise prices that much because getting in and getting out is a real pain in the ass uh, so Sam said hey look you know we're hoping that folks will take that into take it, our our reasonable ticket pricing into account. You know, knowing that they just sort of have to deal with kind of a crummy parking ingress egress situation. Uh, so go go check that out, PRFC Fan Show on YouTube. Uh, good guys, and they also did uh, take a uh, take a minute to plug the Rising in Phoenix hashtag. Uh, that's hashtag Rising in Phoenix. If you catch anybody with Rising gear out in public, you if you're out shopping at the malls for Christmas uh, that's coming up here, and you see a, see somebody with a Rising magnet on shoot a picture, 
tweet it out, throw it up on Instagram, hit that hashtag rising in Phoenix. Uh, that way we can continue to show our team spirit all year round. I, uh, I saw a guy at the Cardinals game last Sunday. Um, unfortunately, both my hands were filled with beers, so no ability to take a picture there. But uh, uh, And you definitely need them when you're watching that team. Jesus. Uh, but yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> you, see, you see Phoenix rising everywhere. Um, and definitely the most exciting team in the Valley right now. Uh, yeah. last- and we're not even playing... <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, and we're not even we're not even in season right now. <laughs> uh, last question comes from uh, Nick at N Perrier twelve. What are your hopes individually for the upcoming season? Do you see them expanding the stadium at all, and can we hit ten k attendance this year? Well, I'll answer the second half of that, and the answer is no. We can't hit ten k attendance because we don't have room. Um, it didn't seem like Sam, uh, in, in the, just piggybacking on that PRFC, uh, fan show interview, uh, it didn't seem like he was confirming that they were going to be, uh, expanding anything. Uh, there isn't a lot of room for expansion. I think the only thing that they could expand is the supporter section. They'd have to reconfigure some things, uh, because we just can't make the stadium that much bigger, um. It, would it be awesome? Sure. I just have no clue how you would configure that stadium uh, without really tearing half of it down and building ha- building it back up. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's reconfigured or really added to. Um, I mean, we've we've had great crowds and we've had sellouts, but the way I see it, until we are consistently doing it every single week to where standing room only is even sold out i don't think they're going to expand because there's still not a necessity for it which um i mean if if we want to see the expanded you know seating then we just have to make it happen if we get seven thousand in the seats and three thousand standing every game then they're gonna have to expand at some point because it's going to be a fire marshal hazard so i i don't think it happens quite yet i think that they'll probably just wait um in Phoenix, we all know that it's tough to grow a fan base and to do it in the amount that we have. I think that we've, you know, we've reached a lot of the people that we were going to reach, and now it's up to the fans to go out there and to to pull in new new you know new fans to Phoenix Rising. You know, people who are maybe soccer fans internationally but not locally, and to to get them into the game. Um, but no, I don't think we. I don't think we expand the seating this year, um, but I do think 10K is possible. I think that it, it's definitely possible to get 3,000 people in there standing. Um, it would, you know, there, a lot of people probably wouldn't be able to see great, but I think that they could fit the people in the stadium nonetheless. So we'll see. Um, as far as individual hopes for the season, um, I think we all, you know, kind of have the same hope in mind and the same goal, and that's the USL Cup because we all know now that it's. It's uh, definitely in the realm of possibilities after last season. So I think that the sky's the limit for this team, and there's uh, there's nowhere to go but up. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, Aaron's totally right about the seating situation. Um, the stadium is pretty set now, and unless unless we're like consistently getting standing room only throughout the entire season, then probably can't happen um 
but if I mean that's on the fans. If the fans can do that, then yeah, then there would be pressure to expand. And then I think that's something that Burke Bakai has said before that he's willing to do. But you know, there were still even last year there was still the off game where like there's a big matchup against San Antonio FC, but it's on a Wednesday and it's a dollar beer night and we didn't have five thousand people there. So, you know. If that's going to be the case sometimes, then, yeah, there's not really going to be a need to expand capacity. Um, but as far as excitement, like, as far as, like, what do I think this season's going to be like? What are the expectations? Now the expectations have to be win the West again. With Asante and Lambert coming back, with the new signings we have with Adam John, who, you know, I think still could play on an MLS roster. I mean, th- this team is going to be dynamite. We should be, I mean, anything less than top two regular season would be a pretty big disappointment, and anything less than conference finals in the playoffs would be a pretty big disappointment. So, I mean, that's kind of the new normal here, but really, we're looking to win the regular season and probably shooting for top points overall. I mean, there's, there's no reason now that we know what the roster is looking like why those shouldn't be the goals. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, I, I, that's pretty much what I'm looking at. I'm looking at, you know, we uh, another top four finish, another deep playoff run, uh, another shot at the USL championship. Uh, and th- look, that's what we're supposed to be. Uh, you know, we're we're not the most objective media folks on the planet. I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> uh, or at least I'm not. Uh, but. It's going to be really interesting to see how the other teams in in the conference, and we kind of mentioned that before too, is we haven't done a lot of studying on, on the, the other sightings, the other rosters, what else is going on. You know, what's Alfred Alvarez going to do over at Galaxy 2? Is he going to, you know, just take control of that team and, and start going, uh, scoring goals in bunches, uh, continuing his success from last season? Uh, where do these some of these journeymen go? Uh, do we have some journey some of these, these Chris Cortez kind of journeyman types uh, who end up having a season that where they're playing out of their brains. So what we do know is that the USL is going to be set for another season of excitement, uh, that we're going to be able to get to see every single team uh, for a home match, that we're going to have to, to give it our all as fans and as a fan base, uh, because we have a lot to prove still. We have a lot to prove if we're interested in MLS. We have a lot to prove that, that we deserve our, our ownership, as outstanding as the ownership is. Um, and and, and uh, we have to just keep upping our own ante in terms of uh, taking advantage of the opportunities that this club is offering us as fans, uh, fans of the beautiful game. So that's, I'm looking forward to, to fan more and more uh, fan interaction, getting to know more and more guys uh, where I don't care. It doesn't matter what you do for work. If you love this team, we're going to have a great conversation uh, over a beer or, or not a beer or whatever, whatever suits you, whatever floats your boat. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for this next season. So anybody out there who wants to buy me a beer, just give me a call. <laughs> send, send me a DM. Uh, oh, man, I don't know if you want to do that, Aaron. You might be getting some some interesting offers now. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I am asking for it. <laughs> um, well, yeah. it's it's already out there, and we aren't cutting this. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as they're buying, I gotta show up, right? Yeah, yeah, that's very, very true. Can't turn down a free drink. 
Uh, uh, well, I think we've been on for a while and uh, at risk of veering into ridiculousness. Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts? I think that last question was actually a great segue into final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like Aaron said, it's. I mean, it's. It's been so just boring not having any Phoenix Rising soccer to look forward to week in and week out for me. And I'm just really looking forward to this season. Getting these midweek signing announcements has gotten me through the workday. And um, I mean, I'm just looking forward to February when I can see everyone's happy faces again and we can start cheering some goals into the back of the net. I mean, I'm just so excited for this season. I think I'm even more excited than I was for last season. And uh, we all know how that turned out. So <laughs> I'm just really pumped. And I hope that, you know, this, uh, this often goes by fast because Phoenix has done great things during it, but I'd rather see us in form in the season. So, uh, you know, just that's it and go rising. I'll say uh, happy birthday out there to David Vega. Happy birthday to uh, Billy Forbes. Uh, Billy's out in Europe. He had a chance to go visit Club uh, uh, um, Camp New the, uh, out in Barcelona. Um, so that's all really, really awesome. Welcome back to Arizona, John Perlman, who joins FC Tucson as their director of operations. He is, the, I believe, the club founder. He was the owner of the club for a bunch of years before Phoenix Rising purchased it. Uh, spent took a year out to go uh, work with uh, Oklahoma City Energy, and now he's back as the Director of Operations for League One FC Tucson. So that's really fantastic news. Welcome back, John. Oh, yeah, the, this ten, this Tucson news is awesome to, to see, and uh, they're, they're looking like they're making all the right decisions down there. Um, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to... Uh, Steven Hernandez, I believe, for just being our eyes and ears down there and sliding into the DMs and making sure that we were covering FC Tucson. Um, and, you know, thankfully, I know they were quiet for a while, but now with their schedule being released and with their, you know, head coach and director of ops, good times, good times. And they should have a very fun season in USL 1. Yeah, so for uh, the Rising is a One podcast, uh, Dominic Kearns, Kyle Mackey, I'm Aaron Blau, and we are the Rising is a One podcast. We'll see you maybe uh, next week or the week after, and Uprising. 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 We'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and US soccer. So be sure to go to roughneckscarves.com and get some of their products. We hope you enjoyed the show.